0: wearing this tie today. This is my protest uniform. I am protesting. I've been having a rough week and I'm protesting. And so today, as you notice this tie, just know I'm protesting. And I'm protesting that none of the teams that I like are playing in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Now, I knew I would stir up some controversy. Because I know we got some Patriot fans and we have some Eagle fans and, and that's okay. You can enjoy the Super Bowl. Now you're asking, are you going to watch the Super Bowl? Heck yeah. Yes, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl, but I'm going to be protesting as I'm watching. So anyway, that's why I'm wearing this. Now when you see me wearing this any time other than today, this isn't my protest tie anymore. Okay? So it's just today. Just wanted to let you know that. And yes, I am going to watch the Super Bowl. and And I want to... 43 to 44, final score, last second, you know. Well I don't care who wins, all right? I guess I'm going to have to root for the lesser of two evils. And I don't know who that is. So anyway, <laughs> eagles, right? <laughs> all right. All right, I'm going to continue. Uh, let's stand first. I'm going to pray. And the reason why I'm asking you to stand is to consciously put yourself in a posture to receive what God has for you today. All right? Because we can just go through the motions and kind of sit here and just let let it happen to us or whatever. But I just want to encourage you to put yourself in a place where you are actively and aggressively and intentionally grabbing a hold of what God has for you today. Because this is one of those messages, and I know I say this all the time, but this is one of those messages that will change your life. Okay? Okay? This is one of those because you have a part to play and you get to actively participate in this. So, Father, we thank you for what you've done already. We thank you for the healings that have happened already. We thank you for the, for the bondages that have been broken off of people. We thank you for the freedom that they are experiencing, that we are experiencing. We thank you for us realizing at a greater level how much you love us. And I thank you, Father, that's continuing to happen Right now, and even throughout the rest of the service and the rest of the day, we're just going to continue to understand how much you love us individually. And so, Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to you and we say, we declare that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I have a heart that is fertile soil to receive the implanted word, which will transform, save my soul, which will help me move closer and more into the purposes of what you have for me, Father. So, we thank you for your goodness. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. If you were not here last week, I started a two-part series. Today's part two. I started it last week, and it is on the podcast. Um, I checked it out. You can you can listen to last week. So I would I would strongly recommend you listen to last week's sermon uh, because it's part one of part two today. Because I'm going to review a little bit, but I'm not going I'm going to be leaving out a lot of key stuff. It'll be important for you to. To, uh, to listen to that. <clears throat> what I'm talking about is two reasons or reasons why you should make declarations. Reasons why you should make declarations. And we talked about two. I added another one today. I'm going to add another one. But reasons why you should make declarations. And what I mean by this is regularly and often, ma- often making statements that line up with God's Word, God's heart, and God's will. Making statements out of your mouth, that line up with God's Word, God's will, and God's heart. Because it can be a statement that isn't necessarily in Scripture, but it's supported by Scripture. Do you hear that? You may not necessarily find it in Scripture, but it is supported by Scripture. Because we're not just wanting to say anything. You'll understand what I mean more as we go on. And I'm not talking about name it and claim it, you know, where I want a Cadillac, I want this, I want that. We're not talking about selfishness. We're not talking about things like that. And we're not talking about denying reality. We're not talking about, well, I'm not accepting that. I don't believe that. You know, if if you get a report from the doctor and he says there is a specific situation going on in your body, and you say, I don't agree with that, I don't believe that. Or, you know, you hear the sirens going off, tornado sirens, and if you're in Oklahoma, you know what that means. And then you turn on channel 4 and the meteorologist is saying there's a tornado in Stillwater. You need to take cover now. And you say, I don't agree with that. I'm just going to continue to watch my game. You know, just denial. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. We're not talking about just denying reality. But we are talking about coming into agreement with a higher authority, a higher reality. See, if there's sickness in your body, just saying it's not so isn't going to make it not so. But recognize that there is a kingdom, there is a reality called God's kingdom that supersedes what's going on in your body. Are you with me? With me still so far? Let me give you an example. When the Lord showed me this in in an interesting way last year, those of you who are from here or have lived here, a year ago, last January, we had um, the ice storm that was coming towards us. And you know, the news was saying it's gonna be ice, it's gonna be bad ice, and it was gonna be the type of storm, it was a perfect storm. It's gonna be, there was a whole bunch of rain coming. I mean, inches and inches and inches of rain. And we had several inches of rain come. I've never never seen that much rain in the winter before when that came. But it was all this rain coming, and the temperatures were gonna be, and the climate was gonna be such that the rain was gonna turn to ice, and it was gonna cause all kinds of chaos because you know what happens when lots of ice meets the power lines and lots of ice freezes up on the road. We know what happens. And so that's what was coming towards us. Well, there's a group of people here, and, and not just here, but a group of people that believe that we do not have to accept that. Okay? Not that it's like, well, we're not going to agree with that. It's not going to happen. But that we believe in a higher authority. And so we began to make declarations. And the declaration we were making was the atmosphere will not be conducive for the accumulation of ice on the power lines and the streets. The atmosphere will not be conducive for the accumulation of ice on the power lines and the, and the roadways. And so we were declaring that, we were praying, we were communicating and doing all that kind of thing. And I remember I went home for lunch, because I'm thinking, man, we're really, we were believing, we were encouraged, and... I just knew that I asked my wife to record the weather for me, because I wanted to go home and watch it during lunch break and, and see what was going on, because I was really expecting, you know, the, the meteorologist to say, you know, "Hey, things are changing. It's not going to be as bad as we thought." Well, when I came home, Lisa said, "You do not want to watch the weather?" Because I said, "Did you record the weather?" She said, "Yes, but you do not want to watch it." I said, "Why not?" She goes, "It will discourage you." Like, "Woman, please." I didn't say that, but I had that attitude. <laughs> Because I ain't no dummy. <laughs> but I'm thinking, come on now. So I grabbed my lunch, turned on the TV, sat down, turned on the TV, and, and watched Mike Morgan. And he was saying what he was saying. I was watching the charts and graphs and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, are you kidding me? It not only didn't go away, but it got worse. He was saying, it's not a matter of if this is going to happen. It's a matter of how much ice you're going to get in your area. And they're talking about a quarter inch, half an inch, three quarters of an inch, you know, all over the place. Man, I was devastated because it's like, this isn't working. This isn't working. (laughs) You know, we're praying and declaring, and it's getting worse. And I was just, it was like I got hit in the stomach. I was really discouraged. And, of course, I wasn't going to tell my wife, you were right, by the way. We were not having that discussion. So I had my game face on. She didn't know I was discouraged. I don't think. I don't know if I said anything to you or not. Anyway, I went outside and was feeding the horses and I was on my way to, to take care of the horses and man, I was just bummed out. I was like, man, this really stinks. And then the father spoke to me and he said, son, he said, what the meteorologists are saying is reality. What the meteorologists are saying is reality. However, that reality has to submit to my kingdom authority and when he spoke that to me all of a sudden faith just just came back inside and i'm like yes it's not that that's not true but there's a greater truth that will overtake that truth if i believe believing believers come into agreement with god's reality god's kingdom authority See, God's will doesn't just happen automatically on many levels. God's will does not automatically happen on many levels. I'm letting that sink in, making sure you're paying attention. Because a lot of times we think, well, God's will is just going to happen. I mean, God, He's in control. What He wants is going to happen. Now, ultimately, everything is going to end up the way he's designed and he's created because we know at the end of the book in Revelations, we know that Jesus is coming back. We know that he's going to rule and reign. We know that in any He's going to have his way. The Bible says that God desires or wills for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's his will. That's his desire. Now, that's not his, the will that he's saying this will happen. It's his desire. Are you with me so far? He desires for all men to be saved, but he gives men a free choice. You choose whether you're going to believe and follow him or not. He's not going to put that on you. He desires for you. It's his desire and his will for you to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, but he's not going to impose that on you. He desires for you to have it, but he gives you the choice whether or not you accept it or not. Jesus said... These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus said, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And if you pray and touch anything and believe and have no doubt, it will happen. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you ask what you desire and it will be done for you. See, there's a lot of things that God has made available that He has set up, a lot of provision, a lot of promises. But they're not going to just happen. We have to partner with Him. Otherwise, if it just happened, then where does faith come into play? Because Jesus said at one point, He taught a parable to encourage people to pray and never give up. And He says, when the Son of Man returns, will He find faith in the earth? And he said that after he gave that parable about praying and not giving up, and he was given a story of a woman who was persistent in what she was asking for. There's a part that we're supposed to play. There's a part that we're supposed to play. And so coming back to the storm, here was this reality. The Father, I believe, was inviting us to partner with him, and there was a group of people that did partner with him and spoke to the atmosphere and says, the atmosphere will not be conducive for the accumulation of ice on the roadways and the power lines. And guess what happened? There was no ice accumulation on the power lines and the roadways. There are numerous times when when Mike Morgan, you can probably tell which news channel we watch, right? When he says, there's tornadoes coming to Stillwater, or or Payne County, or, or whatever. And see, I listen to that. My wife loves weather. If she were single she would be a storm chaser. The reason why she's not a storm chaser is because her husband won't let her. <laughs> but she's passionate about weather and horses. And so she keeps an eye on the weather. And then she says, oh, by the way, honey, they're talking about very severe weather, tornadic weather tomorrow or Thursday. You know, she'll let me know. And what do I do? I send out a text to like-minded people. And I say, hey, this is what Mike Morgan is saying. But remember what Jesus said. Remember what Jesus did when He and the disciples were in the boat and He was asleep and the boat. All of a sudden, a storm came and it was a, a severe type storm where the disciples were afraid. They thought they were going to die. And, and one thing I think is interesting about that is many of the disciples were professional fishermen, which means they were very familiar with the Sea of Galilee. They were very familiar with these storms. They knew it wasn't just... When this storm came, they weren't just superstitious scaredy cats. They were big, burly men that recognized this thing is going to kill us. They recognized that it was a dangerous situation. Just like those of us Oklahomans, when we hear the tornado sirens or when when they talk about funnel clouds and wall clouds and everything, we know that's serious, right? So here was a storm coming, and they're afraid, and they're waking Jesus up. Don't you care that we're going to die? And what did Jesus do? Pray and ask the Father to do something. Is that what he did? Is that what he did? Did he say, pray and ask the Father? Did Jesus pray and ask the Father? He said, hush, stop, be still. He spoke to the storm. Now right there, that ought to show you, because some people say, well, we can't pray against the weather. I mean, because God's bringing judgment, or God's doing this and God's doing that. So in that situation, was Jesus and God going at it? See, sometimes if we really think through what we believe, we'll realize it doesn't make any sense. And we have some really jacked-up theology because it, it doesn't make sense. And what I've come taken away from this story is that concerning weather, I don't believe God's bringing bad weather on places to bring judgment. I believe when Jesus said, when he opened the scrolls in, in Luke chapter 4.18, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to you know, bring good news to the, and all that kind of stuff. And then he said, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Not the year of the Lord's judgment. The favorable year of the Lord. I believe from the time when he said that to the time that he comes back, we are experiencing, we are in the time of the favorable year of the Lord. It's not the time of his judgment. Now there is going to come a time of his judgment. That is not going to be a happy time. But right now I believe that Jesus... His desire is for His church. What do you think Jesus would be doing right now if He was physically on this earth? Do you think He might be doing the same things He was doing when He was on the earth? So do you think His desires have changed? He modeled for us what He wanted to do. He did it. And then He said, tag, you're it. I'm going to the Father. You guys take care of this place. You saw how I love people. You saw how passionate I was for people. You saw how I did miracles. He says, tag, you're it. My spirit is in you to do the very same things that I did. John chapter 14, verse 12. Those, anyone actually, says, anyone who believes in me, the miracles, actually the word is works, but it also means miracles, the miracles that I've done shall you do also, and greater miracles shall you do because I go to the Father. He was talking to everyone who believes. How many of you believe in Jesus? You qualify. You're the one. Tag, you're it. He said, the miracles that I did so you do also. So seeing how Jesus handled the storm situation, this person embraced childlike faith and said, Jesus said I'm supposed to do the same things. He did. He took authority over the storm. So guess what, tornadoes? You're not allowed around here anymore. And you know I really believe that? You know what I say to my friends in California who um, were known for, when you go to California you talk to people, and are like, oh, you're from Oklahoma. Oh, you guys got horses out there. hmm And tornadoes, right? It's, we're all about horses and tornadoes. And you know what I tell them? This is a declaration that I say. I say, yeah. I say that tornadoes are becoming outlawed in Oklahoma. <laughs> now, some of you, or many of you, maybe all of you think I'm kidding. Some of you know that I'm not. I better turn on my notes. So last time I shared a couple of times why do we make declarations. The first reason is to align our belief system with the Father's belief system. To align our belief system with the Father's belief system. To align our belief system with the Father's belief system. See, a lot of the things that I'm saying right now are challenging your thinking, and that's okay and that's intentional. Intentional. But a lot of what Jesus said really challenges our thinking. And He challenged people's thinking a lot. And what Jesus said should not challenge our thinking anymore. But it still does. Because either we really don't believe what He's saying, or we just ignore it. But our thinking needs to come into agreement with what the Father says, what Jesus said. Jesus says, I only say and do what I hear and see my Father doing. So Jesus was the exact representation of the father it says that somewhere in the book i think it's hebrews he was the exact representation of the father he said i only do only hear only say what i hear and and see my father doing so jesus became the the perfect expression of the will of god and then jesus says as the father sent me so i send you now you go and do what i've called you to do But here's the catch in in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Do not be conformed to this world. Or do not be... Yeah, do not be conformed to this world. Or do not be squeezed into the pattern of this world. But, in other words, don't go this way. The world and its system has a certain way, a certain belief system that is trying to get you to follow. Follow. And the word says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. How? Just wait for God to do it. Be transformed by just praying real hard and asking God to transform you. Isn't that what it says? Pray real hard. Say, God, transform me. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind that you may prove what the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. When your mind is renewed, then you understand and prove what the will of God is for your life. Some people say, I wish I knew what God's will for my life was. Well, let your mind be renewed. When your mind is renewed, then you're transformed. You're transformed when your mind is renewed. So we have a part to play in in our transformation process. Let me say this real quick. When when a person is born again, there's three parts, I believe, to the salvation process. The first part is when I say, Jesus, I I submit myself to you. I commit myself to you. I believe in you. I'm born again. His spirit comes into my spirit. Boom, I'm born again. Instant salvation. Right there, that happens. God did that. I didn't have any. The only part I had to play in that was I said yes to him. And then, boom, his spirit comes into my spirit. There's going to come a day when this body is going to be transformed. This physical body is going to be transformed. Whether if I'm alive physically and Jesus comes back, because in the twinkling of an eye, boom, your body's transformed. Okay, so our spirit is transformed by him, our body is transformed by him, but our soul, our soul part, that's the part God invites us to partner with him for that process to happen. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why you can be a Christian for 90 years and still be an immature Christian. say, well, I've been in a church for 70 years. Okay. If you're not participating in the renewal of your mind, then you can be a Christian for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and still be pretty much the same. That's how you can see a person who's been saved for three years and a person who's been saved for 20 years and a three-year-old Christian seems a whole lot more mature. It's like, what happened? God really likes them. His anointing is really heavily on them. No, that's not it. I believe they're participating in the renewal of their mind and they're being transformed. Their thinking is coming into alignment with God's thinking. And I believe that's why it's important for declarations declarations making declarations is part of that renewal process so number one to align our belief system with the father's belief system number two the second reason why is to change the current atmosphere atmosphere or environment to come into alignment with the will of the father i'm speaking real fast is because my time is short and i'm trying to get as much information out as as i can i want to share something as quickly as i can a situation see we really have a hard time believing that situations can change as we partner with what God says. We believe that, like many people, if you talk to them about tornadoes and and taking authority over them and saying, no, you're not allowed here, you will dissipate and that kind of thing, they think you're out of your cotton-picking mind. Or I was talking to a, a brother the other day, and he was talking about his... And man, my allergies are really kicking up. And he looked miserable. I mean, his eye, under his eyes were really swollen up and everything. And I, I really felt bad for the guy. My allergies or, or my diabetes or my food allergies or my lactose intolerance or, or my this or my that. I developed um, grass allergy many years ago as an adult. Every time I'd cut the grass, every weekend I was catching a cold. Didn't know what was going on. It's like, What? Every weekend I'm catching a cold. Holy Spirit said, when I realized what was going on, He said, you know you don't have to accept this. But guess what I've done? I accepted it. So what do I do? I adapt my life to embrace this thing that I hate, but it's the way life is. He said, you do not have to accept this. And He reminded me. He paid for me to be free from this. So what do I begin to do? I begin to pray and say, I don't accept this. I take authority over these grass allergies, and and I just begin to make some declarations and everything. And then when I would do that and cut the grass, I wouldn't experience any symptoms. When I would forget to do that and I would cut the grass, I would experience all the symptoms. So I begin to do that week after week, week after week. I pray over myself. And then a year later, I did that. And then after that, no more grass allergies. That was 20-plus years ago, none, zero, gone. All of a sudden, I developed lactose intolerance as an adult. How would you know? Because we, you know, we drink 2% milk, mostly. When I would get a hold of whole milk, I'd drink it. All of a sudden, my stomach would start bothering me. When I would eat ice cream, which I love, ice cream's from heaven, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, man, my stomach and uh, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't notice. I just thought I was having a stomach ache. But then I began to notice every time I drank whole milk or ate ice cream, it's like, wait a minute. I've heard about these situations in people. And I realized I had developed some kind of a intolerance. And I was like, man, not eating ice cream, that stinks. And you know what? That's exactly, it's not God. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you do not have to accept that. I was like, "Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that." Because you, we see, we we ex- embrace things as normal, and then we we accept them, we tolerate them, and we do whatever we can to to live life as comfortably as possible. And I said, "No, I don't accept this." And I begin to pray and begin to speak and all that kind of stuff. And guess what? I have zero lactose intolerance anymore. Every time, and this is. What I do now, every time I feel that scratchiness coming in your throat, you're fine one minute, and all of a sudden you feel, man, my throat. You know when you feel that? What do most people do, or a lot of people do? Oh, I must be catching a cold. Oh, I'm getting sick. Yeah, my daughter had it, so I am getting sick. Power of life and death in your tongue. We choose to come into agreement. Oh, everybody's getting the flu, so. So So-and-so got sick. Every time I start feeling stuff in my body, I begin to speak against it right then. And it's very rare that I get sick anymore. Now, I've gotten hit a few times, but it's becoming less and less and less because I am I believe my, my um, thought process is lining up with what God's will is, what His desire is. I'm going to share one more quick thing that's personal. Many, how many of you guys know people that mosquitoes love them? They are, their fav, they are mosquitoes' favorite food. You know, mosquitoes love to have a buffet on those people, that person. I was that person. For my whole life, for 40-something years, we could be outside and there's 50 of us and one mosquito and guess who's getting bit? I'm like, man, people are looking at me like, dude, you got issues or what? I'm like, yeah, I got issues. i mean, it am get torped. We can go to the lake. We know what lives out at the lake. And everybody's having a good time enjoying themselves, and I'm smacking myself like I have a problem. And the only time I would be able to enjoy the outdoors is if I drench myself and off. Check this out. I even did this. I would spray my arms, rub my neck, um, all my exposed areas. I would do that. And guess what? They wouldn't bite me on those exposed areas. They'd bite me in my clothes. I'm like, are you kidding me? This was my life for for 40-something years. I think 49. I'm not that old. I think it was before 50. 49, I think. Anyway, and this was frustrating. And I didn't realize this, but I began to live my life. Are the Elliots here? Wayne, Nancy, you guys are here. We went on our first mission trip, or maybe our second. It was one of them. And we ended up staying. Remember when we used to drive down to Waco, halfway and stuff like that? And we stayed in this place. And, man, I woke up the next morning, and I had these bites. These mosquitoes tore me up. And I looked like the elephant man. I mean, not that bad. It's an exaggeration. But I was all swollen up and everything, and I was just tore up. And, and of course, the kids made fun of me. That's what you do to youth pastors. You make fun of them. But nobody else, just me. This was my life for that long. And I remember... One day, me and Lisa and the kids were outside playing. We're out front, and there was a lady over. I can't remember who it was, but Lisa was talking to somebody, and I'm smacking myself. And then the lady says, are you getting bit by mosquitoes because nobody else was having a problem? And I'm sitting there smacking myself, and then Lisa says, yeah, mosquitoes just love CJ. And I got angry. Because I realized, wait a minute, how long have I been saying that? For all these years, mosquitoes, yeah, man, mosquitoes just love me. Boy, they just, anywhere I go, they, and I, I got angry. This is a true story. I got angry. And I separated myself from the ladies, not because I was angry at them. And I said, no more. I said, mosquitoes, no more. I'm not your favorite. Matter of fact, and this is a declaration that I made daily, mosquitoes no longer like me. They no longer bite me. Matter of fact, my blood type repulses them. I was getting, getting good. I repulse mosquitoes. When we went to... See, I can't remember how long ago it was now, but it was, it was a several... It was a time, big time gap. Maybe a year. And me and my son... Benjamin stayed overnight. We, actually, we were in Mexico, and we were staying in, uh, out in the wilderness. In Mexico, I mean, way out in the wilderness, no cell phone service or nothing. We're out there. We're sleeping in tents. And I didn't have any off or anything. And that was typically, usually, death by mosquito. We stayed out there three nights, two or three nights, day and night. I got zero mosquito bites. Zero. Zero. And then we went. We went to Colorado, went up Pikes Peak. All this time's passing. Guess what? Now this is going to sound crazy, but those of you who who, stro- who deal with the plight that I'm talking about, some of you know what I'm talking about. I literally forgot about mosquitoes until we were climbing up Pikes Peak. We were halfway up at the bar camp, and there was this lady. These ladies standing right here, and we're talking. And all of a sudden, I looked on her shoulder, and there was this huge. I thought it was a helicopter, but it was a mosquito. I'm like, what is that on her shoulder? I look close, like, whoa. I mean, one of, you know, the big mosquitoes that carry kids away and stuff, and goats. And <laughs> it's one of those. And so I smacked it off of her. And then I realized, wait a minute. There's mosquitoes here. It's been about a year and a half now. I've been bitten no more than five times. And I've been up in the mountains twice. I've been to the lakes. I've been, matter of fact, the most most real. I'm in my backyard. How many of you guys remember Brian and Diana Lee Walron? He did the prophetic prose last year. Well, they're at my house. Lisa's teaching the little girl how to ride horses, and they're having a good time. We're in the backyard. <laughs> I'm not laughing at him, but I am. And he's standing. He's standing this close to me. He's standing right here. I'm here, and Benjamin's in front of me, and Lisa and the kids are riding horses. And I'm standing here, and we're watching. And he's over here doing this. It's like, dang. I'm like, I'm looking at him. Like, he, poor thing. And then he said, he said, man, mosquitoes just love me. And, of course, Benjamin lost it and just had a cow. Begin began to laugh. And uh, I said, hey, Brian, you want to go inside where it's more comfortable? He's like, please. So we go inside. I said, hey, bro, we need to talk. And I began to, I shared my testimony. And, and here's where the reality hit me. I'm standing one foot away from him. He's getting tore up by mosquitoes, and I got zero bites. Zero now, to some of you who don't have this issue or didn't have that problem, this doesn't mean a lot to you. Those of you who do, I know you. this may be resonating with you. That changed my life. I didn't realize how much of my life I kept from going outside because I didn't want to face the mosquitoes, and I can't stand the smell of off. I mean, think about that. I can't stand it. My, I have a very sensitive nose. That chemical smell drives me crazy, but that's the only way I could be outside. And so when I say that I haven't been bit by mosquitoes, and I'm in these places, no off, on at all. No off, on. (laughs) Yeah, none of that applied. How's that? So here's my point. It is very important. Declarations are very important. Because it's, and I'm not talking about just silly, now that's not silly to me. Mosquitoes is not silly to me. Uh, Ice storms coming and trying to cause damage is not silly to me. Tornadoes is not silly. All these things, sickness. And see, here's the deal. We are called, you've heard this before, we are called to be agents of change. We are called to go into places and the environment changes. I shared with you last week how a young man who who was in jail, he was afraid because this man was, he was afraid of this man and he'd get mad when he'd read his Bible. And I said, dude, you have authority in that cell. Begin to take authority. And I encouraged him what to do. Well, guess what? The atmosphere changed so much in that jail cell that this man began to ask him to read the Bible to him. The atmosphere changed because he began to declare and make make statements. He began to partner with, with the Holy Spirit. And see, as we're supposed to be agents of change, but we have to be changed agents. You know, when Lori was talking about earlier, understanding who we are, our identity, that is so important. And that's where a lot of my declaration started with, talking about who I am, how much I'm loved by Him, who I am in Christ, and what I can do through Christ and all that. I'm beginning to believe this stuff. I'm literally, really beginning to believe this. There's one declaration that I'm making. I'm going to continue to make it. And a number of you are starting to make this declaration as well. But it is. The drug supply is cut off from Payne County. The drug supply is cut off from Payne County. And how I believe that's going to manifest is people, drug dealers, come trying to bring this stuff into our county. Their car's going to break down. They're going to get caught. Things are going to happen. it's like, for some reason, this stuff is not allowed. And I believe the Lord's going to—he's giving us and going to give us strategy as to how we pray and how we do things to see not only crime stop, but the kingdom manifest. Drug dealers not be instead of dealing dope, they're dealing hope. They're going to become the greatest proponents of the kingdom of heaven. I mean, imagine some of these men and women who are just bold and radical and dangerous, just like the Apostle Paul was. And all of a sudden they get so radically transformed because the love of God got a hold of them and they can't help but tell people. And they go and tell all the people that they dealt drugs with and the people that they influence and they begin to tell them about Jesus. See, that's what's going to be happening. Because you and I are not going to tolerate things as normal and say, well, this is just the way it is. It's like, not in this county it isn't. You know, having tax issues and, and, and financial issues not in this county. Not in this county. Joblessness. And, and there's a high level of, of poverty currently in Payne County that's changing because you agents of change are being changed and we're going to see changes happen. I want to read a statement. that I, I feel like the Lord showed me the other day It says, the father is inviting his children into transformation through the renewing of our mind, thinking, and thought processes. When our minds are renewed, meaning when our thinking begins to line up with his, then transformation of our community will happen at an increased and higher level because believing believers will be praying and declaring with faith and conviction. In other words, it's not about you just going out and saying, hey, that's a good idea, and just start saying things. But it's we're being transformed because our mind's being renewed and we're actually believing this, and then we begin to declare the things that we believe, and then we're going to see things change. Amen? Next week what I want to share, um, we're going to be doing a different series starting next week, but I want to share, because I don't have ran out of time today, a long time ago, but I want to share with you a... um, a practical way that we can partner with something that's gonna help us make declarations a daily habit. Okay? We we'll talk about that next week. So let's all stand together. Now, I know what I've shared today can definitely be taken out of context. It can definitely be taken to an extreme. So, one, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a lot of trust in you, that you trust my heart and my intentions, that I'm not meaning any of this in an extreme way. I'm not talking about, well, if I have faith, then that means I don't see doctors or take medication or anything. I'm not talking about that. Okay? So hear that. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you do have questions, you want to dialogue, first one, listen to last week's message. If you have questions, you want to talk more about this, please feel free. Don't just take assumptions and run away, or run away with it, but ask questions. Because be this truth, we get a hold of this, this will change us, and it will change our community, people's lives. Father, we thank you that you are so amazing. We thank you for what you've done to make your abundant, eternal life available to us in this world. And I thank you, Father, that we are no longer satisfied with just living the status quo and just surviving, but we are choosing to walk in, and understand our true identity of who we are, who you've called us to be. And I thank you, Father, that that desire and that hope is rising up in every single one of us. And we give you praise. We love you. And, Father, most of all, we want you to be glorified through our lives. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You guys have a wonderful day and week. And we'll see you next time.